Welcome to the Baseball Happenings Podcast. This episode is a fun look at Jim Bouton's Ball Four from our recent appearance at the Varsity Letters event in New York City, where we paid tribute to Bouton and our favorite passages from the book. We'd love it if you give us a follow on social media at Examine Baseball on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, and from the stretch on Facebook and on the web, baseballhappenings.net. I met Jim Bouton in 2010 at the Baseball Assistance Team Dinner and had a chance to talk to him for about 10 minutes during the uh, media session, and Bouton was great, a little reserved, and uh, we discussed just uh, him coming back to New York and the feelings that it uh, brought up, and uh, I was able to use that a little bit for a retrospective for Forbes uh, after he had passed, and I think what Bouton took with him about the book was that uh, he was impressed about how ball for across generations and that he consistently uh, heard from the fans and got mail saying that, you know, it was grandparents passing this book off to uh, their kids and from what Michael had said earlier about the book being out of stock, uh, that this book will continue to cross generations. Um, I was a little late to ball for, I only picked it up a few years ago. Um, the book was actually lying on a Brooklyn street uh, in Brooklyn Heights and uh, with a bunch of other books that said, take me. And when I saw it, I said, well, I've always been meaning to read Ball Four. This seems like a good time. Um, and after uh, picking up the book um, and reading it and knowing the history and the backstory of some of the players, I think what impressed me most about the book was the cast of characters and the unknowns that made up the Seattle Pilots that season. And, uh, Bouton did a wonderful job of uh, personifying the manager, uh, Joe Schultz, as a very uh, endearing character, and uh, that's what I'm going to talk to you tonight about is uh, Joe Schultz. Um, and in some ways, Schultz typified the Seattle Pilots. Um, from his playing career, Schultz was a major league catcher, and something that I read about Schultz uh, kind of made sense to me when thinking about him in the context of the rest of the Seattle Pilots team. Um, he played for the St. Louis Browns and the Pittsburgh Pirates, and in his last two major league seasons, both 1947 and 1948, uh, he was so regarded as a catcher that the Browns used him exclusively as a pinch hitter. <laughs> Um, and his career negative 0.5 war would make him fit in perfectly um, with the rest of the uh, Seattle um, pilots. Um, and his look, um, that if you ever take a look at his 69 Topps baseball card, um, you can see what Bowden said when he said in the book, he's out of the old school, I think, because he looks like he's out of the old school. Short, portly, bald, ruddy face, twinkle-eyed. Um, and so that's a picture that I got of Joel Schultz um, from reading through the book. And uh, after Bound had passed, I called my buddy Steve Whitaker, uh, who lives in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, played with Bouton on both the Yankees and the uh, Seattle Pilots. And one thing that stood out, he said, you know, when your manager wants you to drink beer instead of Coca-Cola, how could you not? Um, and... As we saw earlier, the drink of choice was Budweiser, and I'm going to go through some of the quotations uh, in the book to show its various uses of how um, Schultz thought it was effective. Um, <laughs> after the game, Joel Schultz said, out of way to stomp on a man, pound that Budweiser into you and go get him tomorrow. Then he spotted Gullner sucking out a pop bottle. For Christ's sakes, Gullner, 
Joel Schultz said, you'll never get them out drinking Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it also turned into a rally cry of sorts. Uh, Bounce said, today Joel Schultz said, let's keep our minds on the game and let's remember we're the same as everybody else. Let's go out there, kick the shit out of them, and come back in and enjoy that beer. We went out there, got two hits, and lost 4-2. The beer was great. <laughs> Could also be used after a win. In the clubhouse, Joe delivered his usual speech. Had a way to stomp them. Stomp the piss out of them. Stomp them when they're down. Kick them and stomp them. And had a way to go, boys. Pound that old Budweiser into you and go get him tomorrow. This stuff really lays us in the aisles. Schultz wasn't even above using it with the women. Uh, we talked about Freddie Talbot earlier, and uh, there was a passage with his wife. Um, they were out uh, eating at a party, and uh, Bouton recalled the best line of the evening was delivered by Joe Schultz. What are you drinking there, honey? He said to Fred Talbot's wife. Coca-Cola, she said. And Joel Schultz said, you'll never make it on that, my dear. <laughs> this broke everybody up, and Bob Locker said, you better write that down, Fountain. <laughs> it could even be used as pitching advice. Joel Schultz is not like Sal with the pitchers. Gellner was telling us about this great conversation he had with Joe on the mound. There were a couple of guys on, and Tom Matchkick was up. Any particular way you want me to pitch to him, Joe, Gellner said? Nah, fuck him. <laughs> Joel Schultz said, give him some low smoke, and we'll go in and pound some Budweiser. <laughs> Schultz had an unusually loose way of running the team, uh, which Bowden, again, liked to illustrate. Like the other night when we scored six run the 11th and the Red Sox scored five in the bottom half, he said, had them all away. He gives a countdown on the outs when we're ahead. Only eight outs to go, oops, only seven. And he's running up and down the dugout and jumping around like a little kid. At the same time, he's letting Harper run on his own and letting the guys hit and run, and he doesn't get angry when they're thrown out stealing. It makes for a comfortable ball club. This even made his way into Schultz's legendary lexicon. Naturally, we won the first game. We beat the Angels 4-3. Mike Hegan hit the first home run for the Pilots, and Joe Schultz, jumping up and down the dugout, clapped his hands and actually yelled, hooray for our team. <laughs> when we came into the clubhouse, all of us yelling and screaming like a bunch of high school kids, Joe Schultz said, stomp on them. That a way to stomp them. Kick them when they're down. Shit fuck. Stomp them. Stomp them good. Already we're better than the Mets. Now, of course, this was early April. Right, because it's talking to one of the other people beforehand. There's no way you could have said this later in the season, this being 1969. That word shit fuck was one of the memorable ones that uh, Schultz had said, and I'll give you some context from that early, and this is March 19th. Schultz said we weren't in shape and that we were making physical mistakes that we wouldn't if we were, in shape I mean. I'm not sure I understood that. But then he obviously felt he'd hurt our feelings and try to take it all back. Shit fuck, he said, using one of his favorite words. Fuck shit's the other. <laughs> Shit fuck, we've got a damn good ball club here. 
we're going to win some games. I agree. I don't see how we can avoid it. <laughs> uh, my last favorite by uh, Schultz was a, another series of colorful language that um, he liked to use, and Pouton pondered if he'd ever understood it. June 20th, at the meeting before the Twinighter against Kansas City, Joel Schultz asked anybody if we knew anything about John Martinez. Silence. Well, said Joel Schultz, we'll just zitz him. Up and at him, man. Let's win two tonight. One of these days, I'll find out how to zitz a guy. It sounds like a valuable pitching weapon. <laughs> you know, in the end, though, um, Bouton, I guess, in this uh, revised 20th uh, anniversary edition, kind of put all of uh, Joel Schultz's wisdom together in, in this last uh, little bit, and uh, this will be the last one that I share. Um, Once in a while, I take the family to a ball game. It's a strange feeling to sit there and watch from the stands. The game looks easier than it really is. Fans can't see the up-close grunting and straining. Or when someone hits a home run, you can't hear the pitcher making little whimpering sounds. And it all looks so much more serious than it really is. You can't see any of the nonsense and the fun going on out there. When the manager goes out to talk to the pitcher, it looks very scientific. Which is another reason I'm glad I wrote Ball Four. I don't ever want to forget what they're really saying. If it weren't written somewhere that a manager named Joe Schultz advised pitchers to zit some and go pound Budweiser, I might not believe in myself anymore. And I was there. Thank you.